It's something to carp about. I'm Dennis Mitchell, and I'm standing on the trail that overlooks the local harbor seal habitat, the rookery that sits just to the east of the oil pier. And I'm just one of thousands of people who check this out every week. As this podcast is about all things Carpinteria, it's essential that we find out more about this. So I called up Carpinteria Seal Watch and wound up with just the right people to talk to. It's something to carp about. And joining me this time are Al Clark, who is a city council member and the vice mayor of Carpinteria, and Emily Morrill, who is one of the Seal Watch crew out there every day. Thank you very much for joining me, you guys. Uh, Tell us about yourselves. Let's get started with each of you telling us a little about yourselves and how you got involved watching seals. Al? Thank you. Uh, Well, the the city, uh, try to make a long story short, the city realized that they had uh, a seal rookery on their land. And the question was what to do with it. And this is in 1990. Mm -hmm. And um, they had a little ad hoc committee to uh, offer a suggestion to the city council to adopt. And they opted for signs. They were going to put signs up. My wife, Kathleen Lord, she was, was part of that committee. She said that what you really need are human volunteers to interact with people. Anyway, they opted for signs. And uh, it was going to take three weeks to put the signs up. So we, we had a, uh, another member of that group was a biologist who lived in Carpinteria. And he came over to the house one morning. I believe it was March 10th, 1991. And uh, he said, Kathleen, we have to do your idea because it's going to take three weeks for the signs to be installed. And the uh, seals are having their babies right now. So we went we went out immediately, and I took the first shift from ten to twelve, and it started right then and there. Yeah, and so we you know back it was, things were different then. There was no internet and stuff, and uh, so I went to the city council meeting, which was not televised, but I made an announcement, and that because it was not televised, a lot of people attended all the time. Usually a packed house for whatever, right. not even anything important. It's just how you how you found out how your government was working. And immediately, I, you know, I made this announcement at the mic. And all these people came up and said, yeah, I want to do it. I want to do it. I want to do it. So we had the meeting the next night at our house with about 30 people there. And some, um, some people very relevant to the protection of the SEALs. And so we got started doing it. And uh, we've been, we thought we were just going to be doing it for three weeks. But we noticed that once the signs got up, that they weren't working. Um, people either don't see the sign or they choose to ignore the sign or they don't think the sign is for them, it's for somebody else. Or they think that they can uh, they, they can go where they want, but they won't disturb the seals. Okay. They'll be very careful. Yeah. Anyway, for whatever reason, we're still doing it 30 years later after the three weeks were over. Frankly, I'm a little surprised it's only 30 years. I mean, um, you're looking at a uh, a, a nature process, a natural process that has probably gone on for many, many years. Did somebody just realize at that point or did they just start really actually gathering there 30 years ago? No, no, no. This, this, we, we think the seals have been there for a very, very long time. We find their bones. We don't, I don't, but the archeologists have found their bones in the Indian middens. I see. Burials and stuff. And, uh, so we think they've been around. We have eyewitness testimony from people who are 100 years old who have said, yes, the seals are there when I was a little kid. Wow. 
So we we always knew they were there, but they weren't on the city's radar per se. Okay. The trigger was there was they were going to develop the bluffs right where a project is being proposed next week. And as a part of that project, they'd do EIR, and the EIR had a biologist who said, "Hey, you got this. You got the seal rookery on your hands. You need to do something about it." It caught my attention immediately uh, when you responded to my request for the interview. How long you've been doing this? Uh, and it's got to come from a love of it. Emily, tell me about your background with steel watch and how you got involved. And I, I really don't have to ask why, because, you know, I go out there every few weeks and it's just absolutely, uh, mind blowing. It really is. It is. It's, um, it's a great thing to be a part of. It's really nice to just have two hours where you're focused and looking at the animals and observing what's going on and talking to people and um, you're not distracted by a bazillion other things. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I got started with Seal Watch. I should know this maybe about five years ago. I think I mo- maybe more. Six. Yeah, something at least. like that. And um, I had been thinking it would be a cool thing to do. I went to the meeting. Um, the orientation meeting in the beginning of December, the year that I started. And I was really excited and I thought, oh, what a great thing to do. And um, Al's wife, Kathleen, asked me if I would like to make a new design for the T-shirts. And I was very happy to do that. And so I took... The one you're wearing now? Uh-huh. Yeah. Like it? Like the a good lot. part is on the back. Oh, very nice. Oh, very <laughs> I think we're going to print that on the um, front. I love that. you got a kind of a Grateful Dead uh-huh. vibe happening there. I like it a lot. That's really nice. So um, I took over the seal gear um, sort of role and getting the shirts printed and getting everything to the volunteers. Okay. Were you motivated to, to study? I mean, go find out more about the animals that you're watching. I mean, to me, they're like dogs of the sea, but I, you know, all I know about wildlife is mutual of Omaha as a kid and the pets I've owned. So this is, this is way more involved. Well, I have always been really interested in animals and as a kid, you know, I, gathered a lot of information and absorbed a lot of stuff about animals. And so I have learned more about them, little details and things. Mm-hmm. Um, but what's the most fun, I think, is just watching their behavior on the beach. And they, they are so goofy. <laughs> They're so silly. You know, it's like they get in these little flipper fights. If the other seals get too close, they make this funny, like grumpy growling noise sometimes. And just watching how they um, interact on the beach and stuff. That's, that, that's the most fun part for me. Okay. Especially during birthing season. Uh, I was out there just recently and, and that's a show in itself with the, the mamas and their babies. It is when they're, when the moms are teaching the pups how to crawl over the rocks and stuff and the pups trailing behind, like falling down in the water and the mom's like, come on, let's go. (laughs) It's the best in free entertainment. uh, I I tell you that. And, uh, I can tell you also that, uh, so little is known about our community outside of our community that when I go places and tell them about the rookery in Carpinteria, they're like, really? Uh, it's not a widely known thing. It's almost like a locally best kept secret kind of thing. Um, and I saw on the website, uh, CarpinteriaSealWatch.org, that alarmingly the numbers have been declining in recent years, uh, rather drastically, actually, in the last five years. It's like it seems like the numbers have dwindled. Uh, any observations on that? No, just just what you said. I mean, we what what part of the role of the of a volunteer? They they t- take two hour shifts, and we used to make counts every half hour. Mm-hmm. I think then maybe we're doing it once an hour, maybe we do every once hour a shift now. or something. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, I think it's once every hour. 
And um, so we have we have this data for 30 years and, and we know what disturbs the seals and and, you know, how many babies there are that we see at any one time. But we we have seen a decline maybe by about half. OK. Uh, and so the, the city, the city has formed another committee, another ad hoc committee to study um, what might be going wrong and what could what the city could do to help um you know because we don't want to see them dwindling down to nothing this is this is one of the last rookeries on the mainland and um you know there's plenty of models there was one at galita beach where um it just became so impacted by human uh disturbance that the seals moved they just left so they're not an endangered species i mean you go out to the islands and there's tens of thousands of them but what what is endangered is the public's ability to see them, to see nature, mm-hmm. nature happen, uh, birth, life, and death, right there. So is the decline somewhat natural? Here's what no, I, we what, don't we don't know. Okay, I'm wondering since uh, I'm talking since 2017, the Thomas fire happened after that. That has an impact on uh, the nature of the ocean right along our coast. I mean, debris and and uh, the effort to put the fire out and all of this has a heavy impact on humans as well. Uh, so I'm just wondering if that's the kind of thing, you know, that, that we're looking at in terms of uh, why the numbers could be declining, because it's just not that friendly an area water-wise uh, from the damage from, from fires and catastrophes. The, the ad hoc committee is just getting going. We just only had a kickoff meeting so far. Okay. We do have scientists from UCSB who's interested in this topic and is going to be helpful on that regard. But we don't know. I mean, there could be a lot of things. could be what you say. You know, they... There was a lot of de- debris. Yeah, that dumped, was a terrible dumped, year dumped, for the seals. The beach was such there. a mess. Yeah. And I think that that, uh, that may have, an, have had an impact on their food source. So the, what the, the seals eat fish, but the babies eat, eat the stuff on the bottom, shrimps and shellfish, because it's easy to get. You have to be a little bit quicker and more on the ball to get fish. So a, a baby is weaned after six weeks. And they they're on their own and they go right for the bottom fish. So that's the, you know, whatever's on the bottom and, and it's not moving away from them fast is what they eat. They, they eventually train themselves to get fish. But but so that that uh, debris that was emptied at ash may have had an impact on on all these creatures that live on the bottom of the ocean. And it could have extended down that far. But we don't know. We're looking at. At many things is there is are there other things in the water is there um, their, their main uh, uh, source of mortality is actually pollution in the water so is there more pollution mm-hmm. uh, so we don't know we're okay. just getting getting okay uh, as volunteer watchers what do you watch for uh, ca- how can you tell if an animal is in distress uh, like I said, they're they're unique uh, in, in a way. They may not act like a cat or a dog that we're used to seeing as far as illness goes. What are you watching for? Well, that's it's kind of a tricky thing. Um, if you have a sick or injured seal in the rookery area, even if we were to call, um, I think Simwe is the one that Simwe Channel Islands Marine Wildlife. Institute. Do I have that? Oh, right? very good. And then there's <laughs> Wildlife Care Network, and they do birds mostly, I think, if yeah, I got okay. that right. Um, but even if we were to call Simway and report that we have an injured seal in the rookery, for example, they can't go in to the rookery to try and get that seal because 
the whole colony would flush. And it's, um, you know, nobody can go in there. Right. We have, uh, I think they can fine you, is it $10,000 per animal? 25000 Per animal, though, right? That you disturbed. Yes. Yeah. Wow. So it's one of the hard things to see as a volunteer when you see in it or you see an abandoned pup or um, a pup that's sick. And you kind of, you know, nature takes its course. If there is a, if there is an abandoned pup, for example, farther down the beach, that's outside the rookery. In that case, um, they can, yes. they can intervene, but they, but you can't reintroduce the pup to the to the rookery. The the mother will reject it because wow. human scent huh. on it, and so they have they have to take it and raise it up and then release it into the wild when it's ready. I see. So if if they have space okay. in their facility. So the best really you can do, as powerless as it may seem, is to just take note of it. Right. When it and happens, we can keep what an eye on that are. seal if it were to move to a location where maybe we could get to it. But um, yeah, and in terms of how to know if the seal is in distress, these guys are they're scared of their own shadows. Like yeah. you know if uh, if something is wrong. Um and we do occasionally see seals that have been bit by sharks. Oh, or, um, you know, yeah. a visitor told me, this wow. was like a week or two ago, that from the overlook, she had actually seen a shark breaching. It was like a National Geographic thing, grabbing the seal out of the water. Oh, my God. I've never seen anything uh, that exciting. In terms of <laughs> the, although I have seen a lot of whales from the overlook. I counted 11 humpback breaches one day. Oh, wow. I've never seen anything like that. Tremendous. Yeah. Wow, oh, my God. So really what the, what the Seal Watch's job is to prevent that from happening, not to respond after the fact, but to prevent a disturbance. There's, there's watching and then there's activism, and the activism comes afterwards from what you watch, from what you see. No, well, we just, well, hopefully it comes from the data. So we just, we record data. But we, we try, if we have an interaction with a person, we will ask them politely to not disturb the seals. Um, and if there's somebody coming on the beach that we can't reach, we, we try to halt them with a stop sign. And, and they, they eventually go back. But the, 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 the mechanism that we're trying to avoid is um, a disturbance to the, to the um, colony. Because what happens is the, the baby pups are born without blubber. They have a fine coat of baby fur, but uh, job number one for a pup is to eat, 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 because they lose that baby fur in seven days. So what happens when the seals get disturbed is that the seals head for the safety of the water. They, they, they move spectacularly in the water, but on land, not so much. Yeah. But it's a learned response, and the, and the early baby pups don't know to do that. They, they're... They're there on the beach. The mothers have abandoned them. And people say, oh, my God, what a bunch of crackhead mothers. We would, <laughs> we would never do that. We hold our young to be the highest. It's the future of the world. Yes, yes. All this stuff. And, but who knows about seals? I mean, the, the future of their species is really in the moms and not in the pups because there's such high pup mortality, at least 50%. Um, but a mom can have a pup for 25 years. Yeah. Anyway... So back to the scenario where the where the seals have headed for the safety of the water, they they know 
the, the current here and they, they go around, you know, they swim, they treading water around and around waiting for the disturbance to go away. The baby catches on and starts to head for the water, but the baby doesn't know about that. It can swim fine. Baby can swim fine from minute one in 10 foot high surf, but the baby starts drifting towards the east. And so, um, if, if the mother doesn't, doesn't find it, then the, the baby is doomed. Wow. Wow. So we're, we're trying to prevent that from happening in the first place. Right. So, you know, in terms of looking for things that we're going to be distressed about as the volunteers, it's not so much, you know, one sick animal. We're watching for, is somebody riding a bike down the beach and not stopping? Is there a loose dog coming through? Is there, you know, what can we do? That's what I want to talk about next. Uh, we're talking seals and the seal rookery here at Carpinteria, and we'll be back with more in just a minute. There's a part of our world that we pay little attention to. Here, an ant drags a seed five times its own size, and a bee sips from a drop of dew. And down here, toxic chemicals and carcinogens are leaching into our environment. They come from objects that we look past every day. Littered cigarette butts. Let's stop the toxic litter. Learn more at RethinkButts.org. Brought to you by Legacy and Leave No Trace. So, Jacqueline. Yes, Mom? I wanted to talk to you about something and... Oh, wait. Hold on. I just got a text. Oh, wait, Mom. I just got a message. So many comments on my comment. Hey, guys, check out my wait. new video game. Mom, what? Huh? Pew, pew. What'd you say? This huh? weekend, unplug. Getting closer to nature can get you closer to your family. To find the forest nearest you, go to discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. It's something to carp about. I'm with Vice Mayor Al Clark, Carpinteria, and Emily Morrill from Seal Watch. And we're talking about the uh, unbelievable little attraction we have here in Carpinteria, the seal rookery, and and what's involved with watching them, watching over them, making sure uh, that they're safe and well. And that's what you guys are all about. Let's talk about the humans that descend upon the area to take a look at it. Um, you had mentioned in the effort 30 years ago to put up signs and that that was not that effective. Are you satisfied with how it is now where you use the trail to get up above there? Uh, the viewing area, frankly, isn't very big, uh, but, you know, our town isn't very big. Um, it seems like during birthing season, it can be a challenge to hold enough people. Uh, are, are, do you think that we have enough going as far as allowing people to be able to enjoy it? Well, I, that's a good question. Um... You know, we, when we originally did this, the, the bluff, bluff was wide open. We we planted all the the bushes there. Wow! And 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 the and the idea was to kind of focus where people would watch from, so we have more control over the situation. So the the seals are very aware of what goes on up in the rookery. They, I mean, up in the overlook, they have very good eyesight. Really. And um, one of their one of their predators is the bald eagle. So the bald eagle will come down, snatch the pup. I don't really. I don't think we've ever seen a bald eagle here, but this is in the literature. Yeah, and so they may be aware of, you know, flutters, and and, and we know that the pelicans visit the site a lot, and yeah. uh, seagulls and the cormorants, and a lot of times when those birds take off, that will scare the seals. I see. So um, we we have to be careful of 
you know, people not waving their arms. Too much movement up above. Too much movement. Loud voices. This is what I've heard, you know, even commotion. loud talking. Yeah. And, and you see them looking up like, what's going Look on that up there? That'll do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they've got to be 100 feet away or more, uh, you yeah. know, from up on the bluff down there. That that surprised me to hear. that. And, uh, and, and in the beginning, there was there was a little bit of controversy about how we should how we should do this. And, and one of the ideas was to put fences on. We just got to keep people out of there. Put fences on the beach. Put a fence up on top. Well, putting fences on the beach is ridiculous because the the change the in the sand. Level. You could you yeah. could put a fence up one day and, and a week gone later, later yeah. walk under it yeah. or walk over it, you right. know, depending yeah. upon where it was. But but then you know the, the, also there was you know hey we just um, build a solid fence with some peepholes through there, but we you know we we thought this is we're going to find a balance at where. Um, they they can live their natural life and we can observe them. And so I think that that seal watch is sort of part of that is, you know, hey, here's here's how you should behave if you don't want to disturb the seals. Is there signage to that effect up there? Because I've been up there. And I, I confess I have not. There's seen one sign. It's a little people say it's too subtle and we should be using fluorescent colors or something. Uh, but I think it fits better with it the nature of the and what do we have on there uh no dogs at the overlook yeah um, no loud noises leave your bikes out of the um overlook area and that has to do with just getting the space to so so there, there's a rope there mm-hmm. and people have been known to ride their bike you know up there 20 miles an hour uh-huh. and slam they on the brakes and that and that would scare the seals yeah. if they came right to the to the rope fence. The first time I ever uh, rented bikes here, it's, uh, it's three or four years ago, I rented bikes with a friend and, and rode around and we took that trail all the way out to Rincon. I didn't even know the rookery was over there. Yeah. I, I never saw a sign on my bike ride telling me that it was over there. And then when I found out where it was, I, I just went right by that thing, you know? So in a way that's good though. I mean, the people that are going to see it are seeking it out. You don't stumble upon it. I think we're, we're talking about how to maybe do that a little bit better. Um, we don't want to have a proliferation of signs. It's kind of like sign blight. And, this, and the city itself is sensitive to that. So, um, you know, may, there might be a more subtle way to do it. We used to, we used to be able to go through the Chevron parking lot and, and we just painted a little uh, square with a picture of a seal on it in, in like, you know, every couple hundred feet. And uh-huh. so people would know, oh, follow these blue squares with a seal in it. So we might do something like that again on the trail maybe stencil with charcoal a little seal on the rock or something with an arrow i don't know okay but you know that's still up for discussion something more subtle yeah but you know because i think people people do want to know where to go and how to get there Mm -hmm. and uh so we should help them out well apparently there's i get visitors sometimes that tell me oh i saw it on the list of 10 best things to do in carpinteria or things like that that they'll find online right these people come from all over, yeah. you know, different countries, different states. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting that people are finding it that way. You had said that there are other areas along the coast. Uh, and this is the biggest mainland feature like this or, or, or uh, instance where this is happening. Are you in touch with places that there are lots of other seals, maybe like for m- migration habits, uh, to know when Something is coming for a, maybe a mass illness, anything like that. Are you in touch with other seal people? Yes, we are, and but we're just getting going with that. Um, in fact, I talked with a a woman. I'm trying to remember where Tile is, resource manager, at the naval base in Port Wainimi. and so there's a rookery down there, 
and it's in the lagoon. So it's in naval property. So there's no disturbance whatsoever. Okay. There's a separate guy, she says, that really actually watches over the seals. So I'm going to be in contact with him. But she says that they have not had any problems in their rookery. Now, the, only, the next one down the coast is in uh, La Jolla. And that's a, uh, a rookery that has a lot of controversy. You know, the court cases and everything. And so it's, it's very close to a commercial area in, in La Jolla. And there's a big fight for parking. And a lot of people want to go to the beach in La Jolla. And they want to use the beach that the SEALs use. Uh-huh. And so everybody is right there, right on the beach. And, and um, there's not a bluff top. Just, you could just walk. You just walk right in. It's not that far from the road. And people were going down on the beach and touching the seals. Oh, wow. yeah, bit, somebody got bit by a seal. Oh, my. Yeah, they will bite. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they will. And it's not fun. <laughs> I can only imagine. If they're the dogs of the sea, they're really big dogs. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, you don't want to go there. Um, we had a volunteer that was not one of our volunteers, but a volunteer at one of these places like Simwe. Before Simwe, we had... Uh, I can't remember what they're called. I just remember the guy that operated, Peter Howarth, a volunteer up there with him. So this is where they're raising the seals up that have been abandoned to release later. And a baby bitter, it was horrible. Yeah. Just amazingly bad. Wow. Yeah. Uh, they are a federally protected species. What does that mean? Uh, a certain amount of dollars are spent each year toward the preservation. And do you see any of that? Or does that go to the city and its efforts to help protect the species? The, the nearest enforcement officer is located in Long Beach, so a disturbance would have been long over by the time that anybody could respond. So that that um, law that does protect the seals is rarely enforced. Mm-hmm. However, when it when it does, as Emily said, there's a twenty five thousand dollar fine per disturbance, and the federal act defines as disturbances even even making them move their head. Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> and so it's 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 very, very, uh, very low trigger and very high penalty, but 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 low enforcement. But what we do have is the beach closure. Yes. In Carpentria, which can be enforced if we have um, people trespassing inside that area during the time when the beach is closed. And we're talking between March and May or is it December and May? It's it's December through uh, May. OK. And and. What changes then? Do different signs go up? Uh, the, same, the same signs are always there. But there's no... The sign, the sign says when the schedule is. So after May 31st, you're allowed to walk down around beach that beach. is wide open. Okay. Mm-hmm. Are they, do they tend to be gone then? I've only lived here a few months. Uh, first, first jogger in the morning tends to scare them in the water for the rest of the day. Oh, wow. So there's that few of them yeah. by that time. Yeah. I see. Yeah. Very, very interesting. It would seem that there are times that they need human help. So uh, being a watcher uh, I, and the way you've described things, you tend to feel kind of helpless because it seems like ah, you, you want to go down and help, you know, empathy, uh, sympathy, uh, human instinct, I guess. I'm trying to apply to to an animal that's not a human. <laughs> we've had Kathleen has told me this. We've lost some volunteers who, you know, saw a pup die or something and oh, broke wow. their heart. They didn't want to do it anymore. Stuff like I mean, it it does get to people watching mm-hmm. this. That's like you said, the cycle of life and death. But on a practical level, um, like we were talking about, to go in and try to intervene would flush the whole group. And 
Okay. You know, endanger a lot more seals than just right. The right. Uh, well, sure. I've got a, a way better feel for really how protective the effort to protect them is here. And uh, we'll wrap by letting me ask you the 101 highway widening that we're going through and the expansion that undeniably is going to bring more people to our area and more people through the area to check it out. Uh, it would seem that the more they check out Carpinteria, the more they're going to get wise to the, the rookery being there, and that'll become even a bigger attraction. So plans ahead as far as what we had talked about earlier, that's why I broached the question, was uh, is that area big enough? Um, in the future, can the balance be maintained between protecting the seals and allowing even more people to see them? Because more people are going to want to see them. Well, that's that's a good question, and it's, it's happening right now. Um, but we, you know, we notice we have to, um, we just have to redouble our efforts and try to get as much coverage as we can. So now we have, we have a seal watcher at either each end of the beach, where the Next city the closes the beach, mm-hmm. seven hundred fifty feet east and west, and then a watcher or watchers up top, and we go from seven a.m. until dark. But we do see people going through earlier because their footprints are there and the seals are gone. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we, we may have, you know, we've got to cover every waking hour and more even. We, we, used to, we did a seal watch one time um, at night because somebody was, something was coming down killing babies in the middle of the night. And we, you know, after about the eighth dead body, we said we better figure out what's happening. So we seal watched down there at night. And, and it was coyotes, turned out to be coyotes. Wow. And they didn't eat them. It was like a mom with pups, and was and they come down the beach. It was like a training mission. But 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 while we were seal watching at night, we noticed all this stuff. There's, I mean, it, there was people coming and going all night. Um, you know, scuba divers and you know wanting to dive at night um, for whatever reason. Uh, <laughs> now, in that event, when that happens, either while a watcher is there in the daytime or the scenario you just described, somebody get a ticket? Do they get a citation for that? Is there there are there are penalties you had mentioned? So but, Emily mentioned that we we can call code enforcement, and we have. Um, there's only been one case that actually resulted in a citation, and it went to court. It was somebody who who um, released their dog from their house oh. and said, go out and have a good time. Oh dear. And the a dog's idea of a good time is go down the rookery and bite a pup. Yeah. And so after the fifth time of code, because the, the dog's got a tag, we get the dog, you know, they, we know where the person lives. After the fifth time of knocking on the door and saying, please don't let your dog out, they took the person to court. That's only one time in 30 years. Wow. Wow. That's that's good to know. You need volunteers, I imagine. Always. It would help. <laughs> Always need more volunteers. What's involved with it, and how can you become one? Well, we do two-hour shifts. Um, some of the shifts are at the Overlook, where you're watching the seals, and you're greeting visitors, answering questions. Then, as Al said, we also have, uh, whenever the beach is passable, if the tide is low enough at the ends, we have volunteers on the beach as well, where the signs are. Um, to help stop any people that might come through. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So there's a little training involved there. There's some training. Um, you don't want, you, you got to know when they ask the questions. <laughs> yeah. And we do um, at the beginning of the season, we do a couple of in-person trainings um, at the site. 
that there's a couple of dates when people can go new volunteers or people that just existing seal watchers that want to go um, see what's new or anything okay. like that. How do they contact you through the website? What do we I do? I think that's the best, the best thing is the website. Go to the website. Yeah. org, And then it's two hour shifts, like you said, from seven in the morning till dark. So we have a day captain for each day. Each day of the week is sort of managed by uh, uh, one person or a team of people. Um, so depending on the volunteer's availability, if they say, oh, I'm available Mondays or I'm available Saturdays, um, then we, once the new volunteer gets connected with Seal Watch, we'll put them in touch with the day captain for the day that they want to volunteer on and set them up with a shift, get a training. Um, but we do a sort of like mass orientation at the beginning of December every year when people can come. It's a big informational session. People can sign up for shifts there if they're interested. We have a big board, I think, with post-its everywhere and putting people in the shifts. Um, but if somebody wants to join mid-season, then um, they could contact us through the website. And you stay busy when it's not birthing season, I imagine, from May to December. Um, do you keep an eye on the area? Are there sporadic checks on? We're just a bunch of volunteers. We're not an organization. All right. We just come out of the woodwork. And so after May's over, we go back into the woodwork. Okay. <laughs> but, but we're, you know, we do some planning and some wrap ups and, you know, planning ahead kind of thing. Very good. But not that much. And we have a potluck. <laughs> we have a potluck. <laughs> All right. Yeah, yeah. All right. I'm in. <laughs> and I'm seriously going to look into it. It's something, you know, I'm interested in. And um, uh, as I was telling you before we started, uh, I go to places that aren't Carpinteria and I tell them about this rookery and they're like, really? No idea that it was here. So yeah. when I was doing it at the beginning, I had I had a job. I had to go work in L.A. and um, on my own schedule. But that, that was the last thing I could do is spend two hours over looking at the seals. I was like, Oh my God, this is, you know, I've, I've got to be at work. I got to be doing my work. I can't spend time over here. You get over there and it's so relaxing. It's like, it's like recharging your batteries for the rest of the week. You know, you're charged up mm -hmm. to go back to work and stuff. So it's really nice. And then, and then, um, I tell you when, when, when the pups are born, it's an amazing feeling. I mean, during the year you're watching or when we're watching there before the pups are born, you, you know, you, you kind of, you get out of your bigger world and you, and you start to focus in on their world and their behavior and their interactions and what, what they're doing. But when a baby is born, it's amazing because it's, it's like the rebirth of spring. It's like life is good again. You know, life is starting again. It's a wonderful feeling. It's the very thing that draws people to the rookery to look at it in the first place. And uh, you guys at the forefront of volunteering to protect them. And, uh, and, and we're grateful for it and so much better off for it. Uh, my guests have been City Councilman Al Clark and Emily Morrill from Carpinteria Seal Watch. Websites, carpinteriasealwatch.org. Thank you very much for joining me, you guys. Thanks for Thank having you. us. That'll do it for this time. I'll see you at the Rookery. I'm Dennis Mitchell, and this has been Something to Carp About. Mm -hmm.